Welcome, Christian Israel, Pastor Eli James, Dan from Georgia, and this is Genesis to Revelation, live streaming both at Eurofolk Radio and at Telegram. So uh, uh, tell your friends and neighbors and anybody who supports the white race about our shows here, uh, both on Telegram and Eurofolk Radio. And today we're going to be continuing uh, our study of the book of Nehemiah, starting with chapter 7. But one of the few things that uh, the mainstream uh, Christianity uh, teaches correctly, <laughs> they, don't, they don't teach anything correctly, really, uh, is the fact that the uh, Bible teaches racial segregation. And the books of Ezra and Nehemiah prove it conclusively it's constantly talking about throwing out the mixed the mixed blood people from among the Judahites and putting them away. All right, and it says it very clearly in both books. So uh, we have a brief article. Uh, Dan, why don't you? I'll say, yeah, I put the article in both chat rooms already. Uh, why don't you do like the first couple of paragraphs from this article, which is about, okay. pretty sure by Dewey Tucker. Okay, back to you. I was going to say, too, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> no, but but uh, the, the Judeo-Christians have no clock. <laughs> they don't even know if the, if the sun is shining or not. All right, okay, back to you. All right. The uh, name of this article is Discrimination, Segregation, Racism, According to the Bible, <clears throat> from Yahweh God. Discrimination, segregation, and racism are words which the average Christian has been led into believing are evil. In the mainstream of Christianity, people believe and teach that discrimination, segregation, and racism are doctrines of hate and that they have no place in their religion of love. They are continually told that God is a God of love and that he would never condone such bigotry. God views all races to be the same and Christ taught to love everyone. According to them, all this is set forth in the Bible, which they say is the basis of their religion. But does the Bible teach what they claim it does? If one questions these statements and asks to be shown the scriptural teachings regarding their beliefs, then they are offended that anyone would dare to raise such a doubt. After all, everyone accepts this to be true. And besides, my minister is well trained in the Bible and what it says. They are confident that what he knows and teaches is correct and that discrimination, segregation, and racism has no place in Christianity and is condemned in the Bible. But are they right? Instead of blindly accepting what some trained minister espouses or what some church dogma dictates, let's see what the Bible says. No matter what anyone thinks is right, it remains true that God, that only God's ways are right. <clears throat> In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, we are warned that there is a way which seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God says in Isaiah 55, chapter 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith Yahweh. So as Paul concludes in Romans chapter 3, verse 4, Let God be true, but every man a liar. This is the foundation upon which this investigation will begin and must ferret out the truth contained in God's word about discrimination, segregation, and racism. 
in order to understand what the word discrimination means, it is imperative that it first be defined correctly. According to Webster's Dictionary, to discriminate means to distinguish between, to separate, to select. So is there any place in the scripture where we find God discriminating, selecting, or distinguishing between? One example of God's discrimination is found in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 through 5, which says, And it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering up unto Yahweh. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And Yahweh had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. God clearly discriminated in favor of Abel and against Cain. Just within one chapter, we have more evidence of God's discrimination, his selection. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 1, we read, This is the book of the generations of Adam. Now in verses 3 and 4, it says, And Adam lived 130 years, and he begat a son in his own likeness after his image, and called his name Seth. And in the and the days of Adam, after he had begotten Seth, were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. Notice that Adam begat sons and daughters, but only Seth is named, which shows discrimination, selection by God. But let's go on to Genesis chapters 6, 7, 8, and 9. Here God discriminated in favor of Noah and his three sons and their wives and against all the other races and nations of people. But Noah found grace in the eyes of Yahweh. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Genesis chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. The question arises as to why did Noah find grace in the eyes of Yahweh? It is simply stated that he was perfect in his generations. And because of his racial purity, perfect in his generations, he walked with God. According to Genesis chapter 6, verses 4 and 5, all the people except Noah were engaged in race mixing, which produced a polyglot, mulatto void of the Spirit of God that was only present in the racially pure descendants of Adam. The Bible says... There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of, a, of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Just like today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And by the way, the the genera word generations there is the Hebrew Toledah, which means uh, line of descent. So he, he was perfect in his descent. Racial DNA descent is what that means. Back to you. That's why it's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Look up these words. It is this vile, mutated race that God discriminated against and the purebred Noah and his family that God selected to deliver. There was a reason for God's grace shown to Noah, and a reason for God's wrath shown to the mongrel population. Continuing on with this account in the seventh chapter of Genesis, verse 1, And Yahweh said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation." 
Then in verses 12 and 13, And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah and Noah's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. And then in verses 21 through 23, And all flesh died that moved upon the earth, both of fowl and of cattle and of beast and of every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth and every man, all in whose nostrils was the breath of life of all that was in the dry land died and every living substance was destroyed, which was upon the face of the ground, both man and cattle and the creeping things and the fowl of heaven. And they were destroyed from the earth and Noah only remained alive. And they that were with him in the ark. Okay, so yeah, excellent uh, uh, introduction into the racial discrimination that is contained in the Bible. I'm pretty sure this is Dewey Tucky, Tucker's website. So uh, yeah, I put it in both chat rooms so people can read it for themselves. And let's continue now with Nehemiah chapter 7 because we're going to find that Nehemiah racially discriminates. Back to you. Yes, he does. Uh-huh. Chapter 7. Now it came to pass when the wall was built, and I had set up the doors, and the porters, and the singers, and the Levites were appointed, that I gave my brother Hananiah, and Hananiah, the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem. For he was a faithful man, and feared God above many. And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. And while they stand by... Let them shut the doors and bar them and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, everyone in his watch and everyone to be over against his house. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein and the houses were not builded. And my God put into my heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people that they might be reckoned by genealogy. Uh Oh, what? Yeah. (laughs) Genealogy. Well, what difference would that make? Okay. Yeah, why the, <laughs> and, and why does the book of Numbers go into such detail? That's right. On, on yeah. And all the shows we've done on First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, it shows uh, genealogy all over the place. All right. Why? Because Yahweh is tracing the bloodline of his Adamic people, certainly down to Yahshua Messiah, and of course, the law has never changed regarding racial discrimination and who Israel is, you know, uh, and it's not the Jews, it's us, the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people, and uh, the Bible never changes. The only change from Old Testament and New Testament is that the Messiah came. That's it, <laughs> all right? And the, and the blood mm-hmm. rituals, and the blood rituals were done away with. Okay, back to you. And I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up at the first. And found written there, oh. these are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried away, and came again to Jerusalem and to Judah, every one unto his city, who came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Rehemiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispareth, Bigvi, Nahum, Diana, the number, I say, of the men of the people of Israel was this, 
Okay, hold on. Uh, I see that the word genealogy has two different sources in verse 5. So the first one is yakos, to sprout, used only as a denominative to enroll by degree, number after number throughout the genealogy to be reckoned, be reckoned by genealogies. Okay, but then the next one is H3188. That one was 3187, and this one is a, a, a pedigree or family list, genealogy. So the Israelites, especially of the tribe of Judah, house of Judah, kept their genealogy so that they could segregate themselves from the rest of the world. Okay, and we found out that when they were building, rebuilding Jerusalem, Ezra and Nehemiah refused the help of all other peoples as exclusively a job for us and for nobody else. And that's what we're supposed to do today. Our cities are to be built by us and by nobody else. Okay? All right, certainly not by Canaanites and Edomites, who never built anything anyway. They, they always come in after we build stuff and then parasitize off of us. All right, back to you. And you know, why doesn't the Bible go into great uh, detail on the genealogy of all these other races right? and all these other people? If we're all one and we're all the same, then you'd think it, he would cover all of their genealogies as well. Well, yeah, and also, yeah, yeah uh, that's a very good point because also uh, it would show the genealogy of all the other races coming from Adam, and it does not. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it simply does not, as as uh, Tucker, as Dewey Tucker pointed out. It's a uh, the genealogy of Seth in Genesis five one is he's the only son of Adam that counted, <laughs> right? He's yep. the only one, and then we uh, detect our genealogy from then forth, and you don't find any other races detected in that genealogy. Back to you. Verse eight: The children of Parash, two thousand one hundred seventy-two. The children of Shephatiah, three hundred and seventy-two. The children of Era, six hundred fifty-two. The children of Pahath, Moab, of the children of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818. The children of Elam, 1,254. The children of Zatu, 845. The children of Zakai, 703 score. The children of Benui, 648. The children of Bibai, 628. The children of Asgad, 2,322. The children of Adonakam, 600, threescore, and seven. The children of Bigvi, 2,000, threescore, and seven. The children of Aden, 655. The children of Ater of Hezekiah, 98. The children of Hashem, 328. The children of Bezai, 324. The children of Harith, 112. The children of Gibeon, 95. The men of Bethlehem and Natopha, 104 score and 8. The men of Anathoth, 128. The men of Bethesmaveth, 42. The men of Kerjath Jerim, Chephira, and Beeroth, 743. The children of the men of Ramah, and Giva, 621. The men of Mikmas, 
122. The men of Bethel and Ai, 123. The men of the other Nebo, 52. The children of the other Elam, 1,254. The children of Haram, 320, 320. The children of Jericho, 345. The children of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721. The children of Sinaia, 3,930. 3, the priests, the children of Jediah, of the house of Jeshua, 973. The children of Emmer, 1,052. The children of Pasher, 1,247. The children of Haram, 1,017. <clears throat> the Levites, the children of Jeshua, of Cadmiel, and the children of Hadova, 74. The singers, the children of Asaph, 148. The porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Ater, the children of Talman, the children of Akab, the children of Hatida, the children of Shobai, 138. The Nethanims, the children of Ziha, the children of Heshupha, the children of Tabaoth, the children of Kiros, the children of Siah, the children of Padon, the children of Labana, the children of Hagabah, the children of Shalmai, the children of Hanan, the children of Giddel, the children of Gahar, the children of Rhea, the children of Rezin, the children of Nakoda, the children of Gazim, the children of Uza, the children of Phasea, the children of Besai, the children of Meunim, the children of Nephishim, <clears throat> the children of <clears throat> Backbuck, the children of Hakufa, the children of Harher, the children of Basileth, the children of Mahida, the children of Harsha, the children of Barkos, the children of Sisera, the children of Tama, the children of Naziah, the children of Atifa, the children of Solomon's servants, the children of Sotai, the children of Sophereth, the children of Parida, the children of Jayala, the children of Darkon, the children of Giddel, the children of Shephatiah, the children of Hattel, the children of Pachareth, of Zebaim, the children of Ammon. All the Nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were 392. Okay, and these uh, were they which went up yeah, from Telmila. Yeah, sorry to interrupt here, but uh, the children is Ben, Hebrew for Ben, or ba, ba, yeah, Ben, uh, which means uh, literally a son uh, as a builder of the family name in the widest sense of literal and figurative relationship, including grandson, subject, nation, quality, or condition. But it's still purely racial, okay? All these people are descended from Adam and from Noah and from Abraham, <laughs> Isaac, and Jacob, and no, no other people. So uh, I'm, not, I'm wondering if, this, if these genealogies, what it, it's translated as the children of, say, Shephatiah. Are this all the children, you know, male, female children, or is it only counting the adult males? Maybe somebody in the EFR chat room has the answer for that. That would be a good question, because if, that's the, if it's only counting the adult males, then there's a whole lot more uh, Israelites or Judahites here being counted than we realize. Anyway, back to you. 
Okay, verse 61. Yeah. And these were they which went up also from Telmila. Tel Harisha, Cherub, Adon, and Emmer. They could not show their father's house, nor their seed, whether Ooh. they were of Israel. Wow, Ooh. there's an important verse there. That's right. That's right. Could not show that they whether they were of Israel or not. Uh-huh. So we are talking strictly Israelites here Amen. in all these genealogies. Amen. As that's as we were saying earlier, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, no, no Adamites uh, produced non-Adamites ever, unless they race mixed. That's the only way that's possible. That's real genetics, folks. The the Bible teaches real genetics, and the yep. Jew the Jew run world teaches the opposite. In fact, if you go to Wikipedia and uh, look up the word race, the, it will say that the uh, whole concept of race has been uh, uh, you know, destroyed or refuted. That's what they'll say. And just about every genealogical, scientific, so-called scientific website will say the same thing, that there is no such thing as race. Well, yes, there is, folks, because Yahweh decreed it, and that's the reality. Back to you. And, you know, we did have offenders within our race. We had yes. Judah, who race mixed, right. yes. and produced Shelah. And he is not listed in any of the genealogies. That's correct. King yes. Solomon, who screwed up multiple <laughs> times and race mixed. Yeah. But none of those, none of those, um, yeah. you know, descendants are are mentioned in these genealogies. Right. Either. Yeah. And uh, that uh, the fact that Solomon did that is what actually caused the disruption between the two houses. Right. The mm -hmm. fact that he did that. Okay. And so, yeah, so they had to clean house many times, <laughs> racially speaking. The Israelites and Judahites had to clean house. But that brings up the issue of what did the ten northern tribes who were mixing with the Canaanites and moved up into Canaanite territory, what happened to them? And my view is, number one, well, just because they engaged in the rituals in the groves doesn't mean they were they were having sex with Canaanites. That probably did go on, but I don't think there was a wholesale uh, activity like that. First of all, the, the Canaanites were nearly exterminated, nearly, very nearly exterminated. And they were held in uh, bondage through... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, they, they had to pay tribute to the Israelite tribes for those Canaanite tribes to stay in their cities. So, and as we find here in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, the only Israelites who ever engaged in uh, mixing with the other tribes, non-Israelite tribes, were the wealthy, because they're the ones who probably went to the tributary cities and mingled with the, the women there and uh, produced hybrid offspring because they're the only ones who would have an opportunity to do that. The Israelites who were on their farms had no interest in doing it and, and had no opportunity to do it. So I don't think it was rampant race mixing among the 10 northern tribes. And of course, the those tribes began migrating away from the area toward Europe well, in, the, in the days we're talking about here, even before uh, the, uh, these chapters here, they're called the Camarians, the Camarioi. And uh, the Camarioi 
Kumru today call themselves the Welsh, <laughs> right? And if you listen to a Welsh speaker, when he, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember who is the uh, British guy who did a interview, uh, and uh, he was he sp- fluent English and fluent Welsh, and whenever he speaks Welsh, he uses the word Kumru, and when he speaks English, he uses the word Welsh. Okay, so it means that Welsh and Kumru are the same people. They are the sons and daughters of Amri, King Amri of Israel. Okay, so the likelihood of a large-scale race mixing among even the ten northern tribes, I think, is very slim. Plus, the Phoenician ships were sailed by the tribes of Israel because the Canaanites were not good sailors. Only our people were good sailors. A day in a boat and ships, for example. So, however, they were involved in doing business for Canaanite merchants, okay? And so the Phoenicians uh, did certainly have Canaanite merchants uh, running the business. That's that's my opinion. And uh, I should do more research on that, but I think that's the case. So, okay, so that's the rundown, the racial rundown uh, there. I don't think there was all that much race mixing going on. And those 10 northern tribes, as those of us in identity know, became known as the Caucasian people. All right, back to you. Verse 63. And of the priests, the children of Habiah, the children of Kaz, the children of Barzillai, which took one of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, to wife and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy but it was not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the, Tersh- and the Tershatha said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things till there stood up a priest with Urin and Thummim. The whole congregation together was forty and two thousand three hundred and three score. Beside their manservants and their maidservants, of whom there were 7,337, and they had 245 singing men and singing women. Their horses, 736, their mules, 245. Their camels, 435, 6,720 asses. And some of the chief of the fathers gave unto the work, and Tershatha gave to the treasure a thousand drums of gold, 50 basins, 530 priest garments. And some of the chief of the fathers gave to the treasure of the work 20,000 drums of gold and 2,200 pound of pounds of silver. And that which the rest of the people gave was 20,000 drums of gold and 2,000 pounds of silver and threescore and seven priest garments. So the priests and the Levites and the porters and the singers and some of the people and the Nethanims and all Israel dwelt in their cities. And when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. And all right. That's the end of chapter 7. <clears throat> okay, so do you think that those horses and asses are social constructs? <laughs> like like the Mary in the chat room says, liberals believe that race is a social construct. So do you think those horses and asses are social constructs too? <laughs> Right? How about dogs and cats? Are those social <laughs> constructs? Well, the words that we use for them, yeah, dog and cat, 
those are invented by us. Actually, they were probably invented by Adam because he's the one who started naming things way back in the book of Genesis. But obviously, as Genesis 1 says, everything reproduced according to its kind. And those, uh, those kinds that had their seed within themselves reproduced according to their kind. And it's very obvious that the black Africa only produced blacks for the many thousands of years that the white man never visited there, right? And China only produced Chinese for the many thousands of years that the white man never visited there. And the same goes with Eskimos, American Indians, Mayans, etc., etc., folks. That's not a social construct. It is a racial fact. Back to you. Chapter 8. And all the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the new book, uh, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which Yahweh had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding, upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women, and those that could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. Okay, now that's a good good point here. Those who could understand, let me see what the word is here, because, okay, uh, B'nai, to separate mentally (laughs) or distinguish, right? Again, mental discrimination, right? Can you do you know the difference between a Jew and a Judahite? Let me let me pose that as a question to you, Dan. Do you know the difference between a Jew and a Judahite? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. most Christians don't. Okay. Well, they haven't been taught. No, know. right. So, so what is the difference? Let's hear it from your mouth. This is a quiz. <laughs> oh, you're quizzing me. Okay. Yeah. Well, a Judite, a Judite can be really, uh, that's a descendant of Judah. There you go. A Jew, you know, Jew can be, well, the way the Bible refers to it is a Jew could be anyone living within the land of Judea. Right. Um, there you go. You know, it can be, it can be, um, yeah. Geographic. You have to take into consideration the geography of it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, a geographic but, term, a territorial term, absolutely. Which includes, but these people known as Jews today, the way we use it today, they are not in, in any form or fashion related to the Judah of the Bible. Amen. I mean, Amen. that's not even – that's the most confused word ever, I think. Yeah, besides – Besides Gentile. <laughs> Besides Gentile, yeah. Right, right, right. And Jesus Very. was not a Jew as we know the term today. That's Jesus right. Jesus was a Judahite, a descendant of Judah. Amen. So, yeah. Uh, that's another thing they get wrong and confuse people. You know, I got in a debate the other day with somebody online about that. Well, they're trying to tell me that Jesus was a Jew. I said, no, the Jews of today hated him. They wanted to kill him. They did kill him. First Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 tells you, Mm -hmm. you know. But, you know, they got it in their head. No, Jesus was a Jew, and he never claimed to be a Jew. He never said he was the king of the Jews. He never made that claim. Other people made that claim. But then again, that you know, that word Jew, he, he, he wasn't a Jew. 
He was a Judite. So. Right. <clears throat> well, it's a very interesting point because – he never did say he was king and never claimed to be king of the Jews because nope. the, the Judeans is a proper translation, as you pointed out. He came to be king of Israel, not king of Judea, which was a multicultural race mixed state at that point mm-hmm. in time. And then that inscription on the cross, I-N-R-A-R-I, which is Jesus Nazarenus Rex Eudeorum, okay, is uh, talking about, because there was no J in those days, it's I-N-R-I, right? And uh, and it was spelled I-U-D-A, okay, and uh, Judea was spelled I-U-D-A, okay? There was no J in those days. And that inscription was put up there by Pilate. And the Pharisees came along and says, we don't like your inscription. He's not the king of Judea. Take that scripture down. So even the Pharisees, when they saw that inscription, they didn't want to be ruled over by him, <laughs> right? So they wanted that inscription removed. That's where they get the idea that Jesus was the king of the Jews by that misunderstanding of Pontius Pilate. All right, back to you. And something else people get confused is they say, you know, I've heard this a few times. We've got to defend that land over there, that land known as Israel, because they, you know, that's God's chosen people. No, no, Israel, Israelites, the, the real Israelites are Jacobites because that's Jacob's right. name was changed to Israel. And Jacob was a descendant of Adam. So we are those descendants of Adam and Jacob. We are the ones we should be defending, not that land over there that's right. not even related to our people you right. know, anymore. We left yeah. that land a long time ago. That's right. That's right. And, and Yahshua put a curse on that land in yep. uh, Matthew chapter 24, I believe. It says that this there will be no peace in this land until the, the inhabitants uh, declare him to be the son of God. <laughs> so, you know, that's not going to happen with the Jews. No. Right? All right, very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, the scripture hangs together racially without a doubt only when you start introducing race mixing, which has been done by the Jews and the Judeo-Christians who are essentially followers of Judaism, not real Christianity. That's where all the confusion starts. Okay, all right, back to you. Very good. And, you know, a lot of the confusion as well about Jews is they look like us. Well, because they have mixed with us. Yeah, some of them do. Yeah. Some of them look I mean, like devils, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, the big noses and all, but yeah. um, some of them look, you can't make a distinction. And that's why, you know, um, yeah. Christ told his disciples, you know, they asked in the, uh, the the parable of the wheat and the tares, they said, should we go root them up, root up the tares? And he said, no, leave them alone. It's not our job to go in there and try right. to root them up, kill them and all that, because we can't make a distinction most much of the time. You can't right. look at somebody and just say, oh, he's a Jew or he's not or she's a Jew. Yeah. You really don't know. Only God yeah. knows that. Yeah. So it's our job to know the difference, know who they are. But we're not to go out and, and go on witch hunts after these people because we really yeah. just don't know by looking yeah. at somebody. Well, and especially today, they hold the reins of power everywhere. And if we st- let's say we started doing that today. Okay, and we hunted down the 
the ones we know are Jews, right? And, you know, they would they would send in the bombers, you know. And oh, the, thing, yeah. the, the thing about the Jews is they don't care if they destroy their own uh, underlings, right? Nope. They don't care. They don't. They do that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So in order to destroy us, they'll destroy their own people if they have to, okay? They don't discriminate in that way, <laughs> right? So, yeah, the Bible is a racial book, no doubt about it, and the Judeo-Christians are totally wrong when they promote race mixing. And by the way, let me ask you a question, another quiz. Has any country that has engaged in race mixing become more peaceful as a result? Absolutely not. <laughs> right? Okay. I mean, I think, look what America was at one time before we, you know, before these Jewish slave ships brought over the, the yeah, you know, the African slaves. Right. Um, we were the most prosperous nation in the world. And now we're the most, in, probably the most indebted nation in the world to these no doubt. rich Jewish bankers who control the Federal Reserve and, um, you know, loan us our own money supply. How absurd is that? You know? Right. All debt all the time. All the <laughs> right. time. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, that, that's the more morality of today. But uh, if you take the shot, the jab, which is the mark of the beast, you won't be eating, drinking, and merry for very long. Back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Chapter 8. <laughs> all right. All the people gathered themselves together as one man into the street that was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which Yahweh had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women, and all that could hear with understanding, upon the first day of the seventh month. And he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday, before the men and the women and those that could understand and the ears of all the people that were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, which they had made for the purpose. And beside him stood Mattathiah and Shema and Aniah and Uriah and Hilkiah and Maasiah on his right hand and on his left hand. Padiah, and Mishael, and Malchiah, and Hashem, and Hashbadana, Zechariah, and Meshulam. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed Yahweh, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, with lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshipped Yahweh with their faces to the ground. Also, Jeshua and Bani and Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatiah, Hodijah, Maasa, Kalida, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, Peliah, and the Levites caused the people to understand the law, and the people stood in their place. So they read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. Okay, again, the word understand is to separate mentally or distinguish. That is generally to understand. Discern. Eloquence. Instruct. Now, we know that the Judahites who were in captivity for 70 years in Babylon and those who were 
were segregating themselves, and the kings of Babylon at that time, the Medes and Persians, allowed the Judahites to remain separate and distinct. So they were able to keep their own laws under the uh, those Persians and Mede kings, okay? And it was them that, uh, that facilitated uh, our return from Babylon into Jerusalem. So, but they picked up Aramaic, the, the people, the general population began speaking the language of the area, which was Aramaic, and forgot how to speak Hebrew. That's why they had to you know, discern and understand what was being read by Ezra. And this is why the Aramaic Targums were produced, not by the Jews, but by the Judahites, so that the Aramaic-speaking Judahites would understand the Hebrew, because they didn't understand the Hebrew anymore. Okay, back to you. Verse 9. <clears throat> and Nehemiah, which is the Tershatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto Yahweh your God. Mourn not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet, and send portions unto them for and to them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Amen. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of Yahweh is your strength. So the Levites stilled all the people, saying, Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. And all the people went their way to eat, and to drink, and to send portions, and to make great mirth because they had understood the words that were declared unto them. Very good, which they don't do. Our people don't do much of that understanding today. I'm looking up the word Tirshatha, and it says a foreign derivation, probably uh, Medes and Persian, Aramaic talk, the title of a Persian deputy or governor. So, But Nehemiah was the actual governor of the Judahites, at this point in time, and Ezra was the priest, okay? Nehemiah was the governor, and the line of of Yahshua went through him, okay? So he was in the, in the line of descent from Adam down to Yahshua. Ezra, I don't think, was. Ezra is not mentioned as being in that line. So... We say, and, of course, these are all pure-blooded Judahites. They're not accepting any other people. That's the whole point of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Back to you. You know, you have to wonder how many race-mixed people there are today. Just <laughs> right. when you think about all the race-mixing that Solomon did, right? I mean, yeah. hundreds of foreign wives he had. And, and it just makes you wonder. Yes, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, they had to be had to have been put away at some point or or another, right? So, uh, but uh, it's obvious that under Ezra and Nehemiah in Babylon, uh, toward the latter end of Babylon, the returnees had to be selected very carefully, so that there weren't right. any any uh, you know hi- hybrids or half breeds among them. Okay, and uh, th- this genealogy here proves that they discriminated against the half-breeds. Okay. All right. Very good. Yep. Uh, Verse 13. 
And on the second day were gathered together the chief of the fathers of all the people, the priests and the Levites, unto Ezra the scribe, even to understand the words of the law. And they found written in the law, which Yahweh had commanded by Moses, that the children of Israel should dwell in booths in the feast of the seventh month, and that they should publish and proclaim in all their cities and in Jerusalem, saying, Go forth unto the mount and fetch olive branches and pine branches and myrtle branches and palm branches and branches of thick trees to make booths, as it is written. So the people went forth and brought them and made themselves booths, every one upon the roof of his house and in their courts and in the courts of the house of God and in the street of the water gate and in the street of the gate of Ephraim and all the congregation of them that were come again out of the captivity made booths and sat under the booths for since the days of Jeshua, the son of Nun unto that day had not the children of Israel done so. And there was very great gladness. Also day by day, <clears throat> from the first day unto the last day, he read in the book of the, of the law of God, and they kept the feast seven days. And on the eighth day was a solemn assembly according unto the manner. Yes, okay, the, eighth, the last great day, which in the uh, prophetic record, because uh, those feast days are also prophetic in nature, the the autumn feast, uh, beginning with the uh, Feast of Trumpets. The trumpet is the announcement of the Judgment Day. So one of these years, we'll have a final uh, fall feast. We'll have a final year of feast before everything changes, and we'll ha the heavens will roll away as a scroll, and it'll be a new heavens and a new earth, and we Israelites will be elevated to uh, a, 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 let's call it a semi-angelic being, right? Where we can go back and forth between heaven and earth if we need to, which I believe is what Adam and Eve were supposed to do, but failed to do when they race mixed. So that uh, when we, this kingdom comes, we will be in total charge of everything, <laughs> all right? Which Adam and Eve were in total charge of everything. But, uh, you know, they failed to maintain their racial purity, which disqualified them from that point on. So, again, the, the whole Bible, the bloodlines, it's all about bloodlines. All right? Yeah, 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 you have to learn to be a fruit inspector. Well, oh, yeah, and that red heifer, right? The Jews have, have been saying, well, when the red heifer appears, then the Messiah, their Messiah will come, Right? So, Satan. yeah, there you go. There you go. But there's only one verse in all of Scripture that talks about a red heifer. And that verse is actually about Yahshua Messiah. That the, the, the meaning of that verse is that there will be one and only one Messiah, and that's Yahshua. That's the meaning of that verse. And so the Jews have, like, they picked out five red heifers from Texas. I don't know if you saw the uh, videos of the uh, and photos of the rabbis going to Texas and inspecting the red heifers with with magnifying glasses, right? <laughs> as if as if there's a pure Jew in the world today, right? Of course, there is no such thing. But uh, well, inspecting the red heifer, they make a big show 
of that. And then they, they ship these red heifers to Israel. And there's also billboards in New York City and probably in Europe saying, the Messiah is here. The Jewish Messiah is here, according to them. Let's see. Let's see if they can produce a Messiah. Back to you. You know, thing about the, the Jews, and I don't know how anybody could associate them with being biblical or being our people if they if they even had any knowledge of the Talmud. All you have to do is read a little bit of that filth and see yeah. the things that they say, and then you're going to call them yeah. God's chosen people? Right. I mean, yeah. it just amazes me that I guess most people haven't heard of the Talmud, have they? That your they average- haven't. Yeah, they have it. Even the uh, underlings, uh, the, the upper-ranking Jews, the Oberjuden, uh, refer to the Unterjuden <laughs> as uh, the lesser brethren. The lesser brethren. And those are the mm-hmm. ones they periodically sacrifice to make a show. Uh, we can claim, we Jews can claim that uh, we are being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But but the the Jews, uh, the Oberjuden set those persecutions up, and then they make a big deal about them in the press. All right. And this is this is all our people know. Mm-hmm. What the Jews put in in the press, which they totally own. All right. Okay. Do you all remember right, a few years back? I think it was maybe 2010 or so. There was a Jewish girl in college, and she went around, she was spraying swastikas on her own college dorm room <laughs> right? to make it look like she was being persecuted, you know, that she right. was <laughs> poor persecuted yeah. Jew. Right, there you go. Yeah, and yeah, that will get limited attention in the news, maybe when it happens locally, but mm-hmm. it'll never get national coverage. Never, mm-hmm. okay? And the, and the rabbis do the same thing to their synagogues. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and black women claim that the uh, the ho- the white hockey team raped her, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I and, remember that. Right. Yeah. And that turns out to be a bunch of lies too, right? Yeah. But uh, the white hockey players' reputations tarnished from then on. Okay. So they they make big headline headlines when the uh, accusation is made, but when it turns out to be fake, no news coverage at all. That's right. Yeah. And the sad thing is, is once you accuse someone of that, that it, even if it's not true, there are always going to be people out there who, who believe it. And it's going to, like you said, it's going to tarnish their reputation forever. Yeah. As uh, what Samuel Clemens uh, said, it's easier to fool people than to tell them they've been fooled. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's poisoning the well. All right. Well, how much we have about uh, six minutes left? Yep. Do you want to get started in this? I was going to mention something too about the, okay. we mentioned the the feast days. I know right. there um, we've got yes. seven of those, and we don't follow any of those today. Yeah. The closest the closest one we and that's perverted. We call uh, instead of um, Passover, we call it Easter, which is um, yeah yeah abomination. A total abomination. Right. But. Uh, the seven feast days are Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Feast of First Fruits, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. Right. And um, we've perverted all that with New Year's and Valentine's Day and yeah. um, <laughs> right. you know, Easter. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Christmas, right? Christmas, yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, 
None yeah. of those are listed in the Bible anywhere. So we're no, just... no. Plus, you know, the Catholic Church instigated all of that. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, thank you, Lily. Halloween. That's another <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then and then the Catholic Church. Well, it's All Hallows Day, right? And the day after that is All Saints Day. The the Catholic Church doesn't uh, how should condemn Halloween at all. You know, if they no. were really Christian, they would be condemning Halloween. Mm-hmm. But it's based on All Hallows. <laughs> it's based on a Catholic so-called holiday, right? So, yeah, there's uh, our Judeo-Christian brethren who've been duped into, you know, into that religion are clueless. Uh, they don't know anything about the Bible. It's it's unbelievable. So, but however, it's very clear that online. People are waking up that uh, they're beginning to understand who and what the Jew really is. And there's a great push against Jewry occurring among our people. They may not understand the Bible as we do, but they realize that the Jew bankers are behind all this race mixing, all this evil, the uh, the jab, etc., etc. So that there is a great awakening happening. I'm really, I've been praying Night and day, been praying that the uh, the, uh, de- the dead men's bones of Ezekiel will finally come back to life, and, and that means Israel, Israelites will be coming back to life, knowing who they are, and getting ready for the judgment day. That, that's definitely that's a prophecy that must come true. Oh, back to you. Okay, um, we got about five minutes. Do you want to want me to get into chapter nine or? Um... Yeah. Well, no, I guess uh, we really uh, – let's see how long how long a chapter is it. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty yeah. – Yeah, about 38 verses. Yeah, it's a pretty long chapter. So no point in getting to that today. Well, but uh, the title of the chapter is The People of Israel Confess Their Sin. And again, we're talking about Israelites here, right? It's, it's not that these theologians don't understand – that uh, these two books and uh, many other books, I mean, the commands against racial mixing are all over the place in the Bible. It's just they're ignored by mainstream Judeo-Christianity because the, because the Jews ignore those and uh, because the word Jew has been placed into the Bible in the Old Testament by the translators at Jewish instigation, right? So therefore, they don't know the difference between a Jew and a Judahite. They don't know the difference between a Gentile, right, and a, a, a Judahite. And the vast majority of cases of the word Gentile in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, are Israelites. Dispersed Israelites. That's correct. correct. Dispersed Israelites. Yeah. They're not non-Israelites, as most Judeo-Christians falsely believe. So unless you do the word studies and uh, trace your heritage back and forth between Old and New Testament, and compare verses like the prophecies of the Israelites being dispersed. That's That occurs in the Old Testament. But the Jews deny that. They deny that the dispersed Israelites even exist. The Jews claim they have been you know, done away with or interbred with other races. So they're accusing us of what they do. Right? So again, unless you have a knowledge of Judaism and what Judaism actually teaches, which is the Talmud, then you are absolutely clueless and you think that the Bible is a Jewish book. Yeah. 
Yeah. Unbelievable. It, it's, it's absolutely incredible, but that's because they have the power of the press. They have yep. the power of uh, intimidating people. ADL is an intimidation group, right? And uh, they they persecute us routinely, and they have convinced our people that they're, as you said earlier, God's chosen people. And if we contradict them, you know, bad things will happen to us. Well, we've been doing, you know, we have been supporting the Israeli state for what, 60, 70 years now? And oh, nothing, gosh. yeah, right? Millions of dollars we send to them every yeah. year. And at our, our expense. Yeah, we pay right. for that. Amen. Amen. And nothing good has happened to our country since. As you and said, why we, is it that these politicians yeah. kiss up to, to <laughs> APAC? Every single one of them. And every one of them, including Donald Trump, everybody's hero, right? goes over to that wailing wall and, and bobs his head with that, puts on that little hat and bobs his head up against that wailing wall in Jerusalem. Why right. did he do that? Yeah. Well, that tells you who's running the show, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, if they don't do it, they get their legs broken. That's yeah. what happened, right? Or they lose whatever influence they have. Well, they took him down. They took him away from the presidency. They had other plans with Joe Biden. All right, mm-hmm. folks. Uh, good show today. This is uh, we're we're revealing the truth of Scripture to the world. Let's keep doing it, and we won't we won't stop doing this until the Judgment Day itself. All right. Okay, Dan. Thank you. Praise Yahweh. Pass the ammunition. See you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye bye.